Coming up on the Money Beat podcast, U.S. economy in January created 151,000 jobs. Is that a good number? Is that a bad number? We will talk about it with Ron Sanchez, who's the CIO at Fiduciary Trust Co. This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Everything you need to know about money and the markets, and then some. Welcome to a Jobs Friday version of the Money Beat podcast. Paul Vigna and Stephen Grossman here with you. Uh, the BLS this morning came out with the numbers, the January jobs report, the non-farm payrolls. Disappointing headline number, 151,000 jobs created in January. Market expectations were for 185,000. And even that's down from the pace of the last several months. Unemployment rate down to 4.9%, ticked down a notch. So there's a little little fodder for you. And wages, wage growth, we'll talk about that because that is one of the things that's getting a lot of people's attention. What does this all a mean? Silver lining. Yeah, maybe. We'll talk for about Paul, it. For Paul, not. About, no, not, yeah. Uh, we will talk about it. And we're joined today to talk about it, to break it all down, by Ron Sanchez, who is the CIO at Fiduciary Trust Co., which is the wealth management unit at Franklin Templeton Investments. Ron, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Paul. It's good to be here. Yeah, great. Listen, I appreciate it. I, I know you're busy this morning, so let me just uh, let me just you know open it as wide as possible to you, and just tell me what were your what was your general takeaway from this report? I thought this was a uh, was a good report uh, on, on labor, although you mentioned that it the number was at 151, a little bit below market expectations. I think when you blend the number with an above average um, report in December of um, 262. When you add both of them up, um, you have a two-month running average of over 200,000. That essentially has been the trend in labor, anywhere from 200 to 225 for the better part of 2015. Um, so I'm encouraged that we're, um, that we're continuing to see um, reasonably good labor trends. And one of the things, too, that you know a lot of people are pointing out going into 2016 is that the, the the overall number should be coming down because the employment rate at 5% when we enter the year now at 4.9. I mean, it, we shouldn't be adding jobs at the same clip we were a year or two ago. Um, so, I mean, th- that seems to bode well for this number as well. It, it, it does. That's that, that's a good point. As, you, as the unemployment rate comes down, um, you would expect um, you need less and less um, jobs on a monthly basis. Uh, to maintain the unemployment rate, and again, many believe that number is well below what we're currently printing at uh, 200. And so, again, I'd, I'd consider that a, a good report. And you also mentioned the internals, and so moving away from just the headline number, um, if you look across the board, um, we're encouraged by improvements in the labor force, um, modest, but again, improvement. And when you look at wages. Um, hourly uh, earnings um, have improved uh, over the month, as well as the work week. Um, so when you look down into some of the details, uh, again, uh, it, it, a pretty good report here. Uh, the, the first one, you just said you, you improvement in the labor force. What do you mean by that? Uh, participation. Um, yeah. And so although the headline unemployment is coming down, we have seen a trend where the labor force participation is getting smaller. And some would argue that there's plenty of slack in the economy and that um, workers are so discouraged um, that they're not even um, considering themselves actively looking. Um, also, you're seeing the labor participation rate come down due to demographics as baby boomers get older and retire. Um, so seeing some stabilization in the participation rate uh, gives you some sign um, that um, 
uh, those that have, may have been on the sideline are encouraged by the labor markets um, and are encouraged to um, to look for a job. One of the, I mean, the questions when you every time you have a jobs report is it's it gets viewed through the lens of the, what the Fed's going to do. How do you think the market is going to interpret this? I mean, in the with all the turmoil in the markets this year, that you know the the market has increasingly come to the view that they're not going to be raising rates in March, and in you know, and to some degree, not raising rates at all this year. Um, do you think this you know report uh, tilts it one way or the other? Um, I don't. Um, and so, looking at this report, kind of three dimensionally, you talk about monetary policy, but as I look at it through the lens of uh, of an economist, I look at it through the lens of a market. A participant or investor, and I look at it through the lens of a central banker. Mm-hmm. And again, I think the number uh, on the surface comes out as a good number. And so, from an economic standpoint, as you know, we are uh, markets are concerned about slowing growth globally, and a little bit of a soft patch here in the U.S. Um, and we have seen weakness in manufacturing for four straight months, and there is concerns that that may leak into the service side of the economy and by extension may leak into labor markets. And today I don't think we necessarily um, saw evidence uh, of that linkage. Two, from a market standpoint, as you know, very, very uncertain um, economic landscape and policy landscape that has created a fair amount of market volatility. That would be almost an understatement here. And, of course, market participants want to see economic stability and trend. And so today's number was not a surprise. And so anytime you're not surprised in an uncertain environment, I think that's a positive. And lastly, you bring up maybe perhaps the most important is monetary policy. Certainly the central bank has been particularly focused on labor and improving labor markets and are looking to start to normalize monetary policy. Again, their first move was last December, and they have indicated that they would like to move, of course, in a slow and deliberate way, Um, But in a data-dependent backdrop, they'd like to move, and their expectations are that they will do so this year four times, essentially quarterly, for a full percentage point rise. Our view is that uh, the economy is not strong enough um, and that we're going through a little bit of a moderate economic backdrop here. And given financial conditions and market turmoil, um, it is our view that the Fed will hold off in March, um, will assess economic global and financial conditions over the first half of the year, and our expectations are that we'll see enough economic growth where Federal Reserve most likely uh, will move um, not before mid-year. Okay. Hey, hey, Ron, if I can play a little little devil's advocate here and, and, and grocer as my, my, my boss and editor hears this every single day, so it won't be a surprise to him at all. It might sound a little surprising to you, though, but I, I'm just, I, I want to play a little devil's advocate. I want to come at it from a slightly different angle. Uh, I look at an economy that most of the the other economic data points are not pointing to a particularly bright economy. The jobs numbers have been the ones that have really kind of stood out. Now we get January. I know January is only one month, but 151,000 jobs in and of itself is not a particularly good number. The unemployment rate is low, but it's been, it's been low, and we know that that number is somewhat – I don't want to say unnatural. That's not the word I'm looking for, but uh, almost artificially depressed. Can you talk about the labor force participation rate, which remains low? And even if 
It is a matter – I don't even want to get that deep in the rabbit hole. Look, this is what I want to say. 151,000 jobs, not a really good number. Overall wage growth was 2.5%, which also is not – you know, in, in absolute terms, is not a great number historically. And I was looking at some of the sectors. The two sectors that created the most jobs this month, which were retail trade, which is really weird, and leisure and hospitality, are two of the lowest paid sectors that there are. So – you know, this is not a very good report. I don't think the economy is very good. I think the jobs numbers are – they usually kind of lag what's really going on by some period of time. Should I really feel – should I really feel encouraged or warmed by this by this report this morning? So, so that's, a, that's a very good point. Let, let me just uh, respond with two points. Okay. Um, one, I um, couldn't agree more with your economic assessment. This is a 2% economy. Um, and has been. And there are very little expectations that we are going to enter um, an accelerated growth phase here, either in the U.S. or globally. Mm -hmm. This is a muddle through economic scenario. And so to your point, the numbers in the absolute do not signal any degree of um, robust economic activity. Um, We're looking at it more from a, um, I guess, a realistic standpoint. This is the economy, right? right? It's a moderate, slow growth economy. And so when I say that this report is a good report, um, there's a little relative perspective there because as we look at some of the headlines, some of the concerns by market participants here in January, there are many who are espousing a view, and it's not ours that we hold here at Fiduciary, that we are looking at a glo- that markets are signaling a global recession by year end. Mm. And um, so a report like today um, gives me more confidence that we're more of the muddle through moderate global growth environment of 2% versus economic contraction that is in the offering by year end. So in that context, it is a good report. Uh, we are talking to Ron Sanchez, who is the CIO of Fiduciary Trust Co., which is a unit of Franklin Templeton. Uh, what do you, what are you guys invi- What are you advising? You guys are wealth management. What, what are you telling your clients this year? Where are you advising them to put their money? How are you kind of weighting their portfolios in terms of what you expect for the economy? Okay, that's a good question, and it's really not a twenty sixteen story or playbook. Um, mm-hmm. For us, it really was coming out of twenty fourteen that we've held the view that we are in a period transitioning from a return environment that has been high return, muted volatility. And we certainly saw that in the period of 2012, 13, and 14, where markets um, did not incur uh, any kind of market pullback or mm-hmm. didn't have its, um, any kind of correction, an average 20% for that three-year period. We're, we're telling clients that this is now a period where it's going to be muted return and high volatility. And so a complete switch of the return and risk aspects of the market. How much was that due to sort of the, you know, the Federal Reserve pulling back on, you know, the quantitative easing and now even moving to, you know, tighten a bit? So it was the, so it's always hard to to quantify, um, but what you had during that period um, was almost uh, the perfect combination of improving economic fundamentals and very, very favorable market conditions or financial conditions. And so stocks were the beneficiary of that and really risk assets. The return on capital, whether you owned real estate, whether you owned financial assets, art, um, all did ex- even a sports franchise, all did exceptionally well during that period. And we think a lot of those metrics have peaked. They are not moving from, fa- uh, from a, a tailwind to a headwind. We just believe those favorable attributes 
are now supportive of the economy and by extension markets, but that does not is not a catalyst for a high return environment. So this is going to be a challenging two years here. And we're starting to see that. We saw it really in the second half of 2015. And I think we're going to see more of the, more of the same. And certainly um, we're seeing it in spades here early in 16. I want to just move back uh, real quickly back to the jobs report and just talk to you know, the recession fears have had the market on edge um, all year. Um, and, you know, in the data out even this week, you look at the ISM manufacturing, non-manufacturing survey basically suggested, um, you know, we're not, you know, positive. Does it, From what you see, does this sort of allay a little bit, the you know, those fears? I know, you know, in January when, you know, the, we got off to the rocky start, every, the, the jobs report helped there. Is this report going to help again in sort of, you know, pulling the market back from the recession fears? I, I do. Um, and so I think we're seeing a little bit of that here in markets that we're trying to kind of build the bottom. Um, obviously, one data point um, obviously doesn't necessarily change that. Um, but again, if we were to see a surprise and that number was particularly weak um, and you started getting confirmation that um, concerns about a global recession um, were looking imminent, um, obviously that would be a problem for the market. So again, I see this more supportive. Um, than, than favorable for markets. And um, so I think that's one of the reasons that um, we don't really see much of a move um, today in response to this number. Yeah. Um, maybe a little bit of a relief, um, but um, certainly not a positive catalyst necessarily, and one where you wouldn't necessarily change your view. So if you look at really global equities, there, there's, a, there's a muted um, response to this number, and you can make the same case about currencies um, as well as um, uh, fixed income markets or, or treasury markets. Yeah. You know, Ron, you, you were talking about um, sort of the broad market outlook a, a minute ago there, and we got onto the jobs report. I know we're jumping around a little bit, but maybe I wanted to get your take on uh, the profit picture right now, because corporate profits, they don't look good. They haven't looked good for a couple of quarters. Uh, you know, I mean, LinkedIn yesterday after market was just a, a bad number, and terrible training. I mean, the, companies are being punished for bad numbers. What do you make of the profit picture right now? Where do you see it going? So again, it's uh, it, it, it's quite challenging. Um, our our view is that um, we've seen a deceleration um, in, in in earnings growth, and um, that generally is reflective of for certain companies um, they've been punished more so. Um, either they came into the year with high valuations, or they're experiencing um, or have exposures to what we kind of call the uh, four C's here. If you have exposure to China currencies. Um, commodities or credit markets, um, those sectors have done particularly poorly, and so have those um, companies in those areas. And we think that, I wouldn't say the worst is behind us, but we're quite a bit away from um, uh, working our way through the collapse in, in, in commodities um, and our way from a very strong dollar. And we think over the next year or so, the downside pressure from energy um, from a slowing emerging market economy, from a rising dollar over the last 18 months, um, we'll start to work their way through, um, and we'll start to see some, some some better numbers. But again, it comes out to be more of a you know mid single digits kind of uh, return profile. Uh, is with there a lot of risk? Yeah, right. Right. Uh, it's, is, a, you know, it's a challenging environment when you have a modest return profile um, with what we would deem to be elevated um, market volatility yeah. and uncertainty. Um, is the ultimate combination. From a, is, there a sing, is there a single company out there that is not exposed to at least one of those Cs? You rattled them off, and I thought, wow, I, I mean, certainly all the big multinationals are probably exposed to all of them. I mean, 
that's tough to, to very to varying degrees. Yeah, that's correct. Right. And so there's your um, you know somewhat of a headwind or, or a challenge. And so it is hard um, to come up with a scenario where you are particularly um, um, positive about the return profile right. because to some varying degrees you're going to see some tailwinds. It's the really from a stock picker standpoint you have to make sure that you're not exposed to the all the four C's to a great magnitude. And of course the perfect example um, is emerging markets. Right. And so they are feeling it from a from an economic demand standpoint. Uh, they're feeling it from a, a, a currency devaluation standpoint. Um, some most of them are not most of them, but many are commodity producers. So they're feeling it on that front, and their ability to to to, to borrow um, from a credit condition standpoint also is changing. Um, so it really is making sure you're not in areas that um, that have heavy exposure where you could really be hurt. But no matter what, I mean, it really seems across the economy and across the investing landscape, there's not a lot of room for error when you're in this no, growth, not. Uh, growth profile. No, no. When moderate growth is the best you can do, yeah, um, or you're in a perpetual 2% world, um, the upside is, is limited. And so what we're managing um, clients in terms of their expectations that we're, different, we're in a different return and risk profile or environment than we've been in the last couple of years and that one is not compensated to take on excessive risk here. Yeah. Generally, from a market standpoint or at the individual security level or sector level, balance and diversification are always how you manage through a, um, through a period of, of volatility. Right. We have been speaking with Ron Sanchez, who is the CIO of Fiduciary Trust Co. Uh, we've been talking about the, the jobs market, the stock market, the economy. Ron, I really want to thank you. I know it's a busy day for you guys over there, so I appreciate the time. No worries. Thanks so much, Paul. Good All right. You. Thanks. All right. Listen, thanks, everyone. Listen, come back later. We will have the fi- Friday food fight, as always, to let you, you know, rile you up into the weekend. So uh, stay tuned.